who is coming back for his church. Jesus is in the house. The King of kings and Lord of lords. Revelation 16 verse 19. Get this right. Check this out. And he was on his, and he has on his robe and his thigh the name written King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus the King of kings is in the house. And we read in the story that it says this. It was heard that Jesus was in the house. Most of us here today are changed because we came to church and we heard the gospel of Jesus. Can you say amen? Most of us today, you know what, we were out there in the clubs, we were grinding, we were doing whatever, and we came in church and we heard the gospel of Jesus Christ that says, you know, hey, stop, you know what, fornicating. Hey, you know what, stop doing what you're doing. Come and get your heart right with Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. It changes us. Hallelujah. Amen. Because we heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Man, I'm thinking about this church, how it started. Pastor Dax goes and witnesses to Jack and Auntie Helen. Marwa's there involved. They come to church. They hear the gospel being preached. And then someone else hears, oh, there's the Jesus in the house. Yeah, yeah, the gospel's being preached. Hemi comes along. He gets saved. He gets delivered of homosexuality. He comes in. Gets, and then who else comes in? Look at you all today because we heard of what Jesus can do, that Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday, today. And forever, that He's still the God of the past. He's still God of the yesterdays. He's still God of the future. He gives us a plan and a hope, but He's still the God of today. Come on. He's still the God of right now, that no matter what you're facing, He's the God of what He is today. All because they heard the gospel of Jesus. Man, I've heard religious people make comments like, oh, where is the church during this lockdown? Oh, where is the church during the coronavirus? Listen, the question shouldn't be, where is the church? The question should be, where are you? Man, I'm telling you, did you know what happened during when the church closed? Did you know that when the church closed down, that young people were still getting saved? Did you know that when the church was closed down, that old people were still recommitting their lives to Jesus Christ? And they're actually still here today. Did you know that while the church was closed, people were getting saved, wanting to be disciples? One of them actually prayed the prayer this morning, being an usher. Young brother David gave his life to Jesus Christ, completely heard the gospel, and now wants to be a disciple. Another one was standing over here, Brother Martin. Another one got saved and he decides, you know what, I don't want to drink anymore. I don't want to live for the world anymore. And he decides to be a disciple of Jesus. Amen. Because they heard of the gospel. Jesus was in the house. We've had people since the church was closed, people getting baptized. Man, come on. People were getting baptized while this, you know, is happening. The church is on lockdown. We've had, get this, two weddings while the church was on lockdown. It's not, where's the church? Where are you? I'm telling you, Jesus Christ says this, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Come on, do you believe it today? I'm telling you, nothing can stop the power of God. That not even coronavirus can stop the church and say, you know what? Hey, listen, let's go. We're going to have church online. <laughs> hey, hey, who's that guy in this film there? Because what's... <laughs> Jesus Christ is still saves. Jesus Christ still heals. Can I get an amen this morning? Jesus Christ still delivers, and He's still in the house. Hallelujah. And our text says in verse 2, immediately man, many gathered together, just like what's happening today. Many of us gathered together. There's no room to receive them, not even near the door. And the Bible tells us in this story alone, He preached the word to them. Thank God for Bible that says, you know what, you know what, men that get behind the pulpit say, you know what, hey, I'm not, a, I'm not a politician. I'm not here to get your votes. I'm a preacher of the gospel. Amen. And we are going to stand on the word of God. We're going to stand and preach the word. Amen. Can you imagine? 
You know what? People lining outside, waiting to come in church. Can you imagine? There's a lineup. What's going on out there? What's happening outside? Man, these guys are crazy. They just want to come to church. I'm telling you, that's what happens when Jesus is in the house. And here in the part of South Christian Church, you'll hear preaching from the Bible. Not man's opinions. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God. You know what? Not uh, sugarcoating the message. Not watering down the message. But you know what? Preaching truth. That we need to repent. That we need to turn from sin. That we need to turn to God. Hallelujah. That's what transforms lives. Preaching from the Bible. Jeremiah 18 verse 2. Did you know that that a name from our church actually comes from this verse? Jeremiah 18 verse 2 says this. Arise, go down to the potter's house. There I will cause you to hear my words. Amen. Then I went down to the potter's house. It goes in verse 3. And there he was making something at the wheel. The vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So we made it again to another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. Go down to the potter's house. There you will hear my words. There Jesus is in the house. He's preaching the gospel. There you'll hear the gospel message. Oh man, I remember when I came into Potter's House Church. I seen some crazy people up in there clapping their hands. I seen some crazy people lifting up their hands. I'm thinking, what is this? I've never seen church like this. I heard people speaking in tongues where the Holy Ghost was moving. I was thinking, whoa man, what is this place? And I heard a message. It's the first time I've actually listened to a message. <laughs> I didn't listen in class. Man, I failed grade 12. Man, I failed big time. But I stepped in church and I'm telling you about the power of the Holy Spirit. I was listening to every word. Man, I'm listening. I'm like, man, here I am. I'm hearing the preaching and it's dealing with my heart. It's dealing with my mind. And all of a sudden, this young, messed up teenage boy who doesn't listen in class, he comes to church, he's listening, and he gets transformed. I'm telling you, I stand behind this pulpit because I heard the gospel being preached. And he can do the same for you this morning. He can change your life, even give you a purpose and a hope. I came to church and I was like, man, this, this preacher behind there, I felt like he knew me. You know, anybody ever felt like before, like, you know, you step into church, it's like, man, this pastor's preaching to me. Has he been checking my mail? Has he, I don't, I don't think I've got, you know, cameras around my house or something. He's preaching to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you, oh, wow, oh, man, he's talking about me. Okay, yes, that's right. Jesus is in the house. He knows you. He knows what you're going through. And so you come to the potter's house, and there you will hear the truth. That's why church is so important. Listen, whenever these doors are open, you make it a commitment. You make it a conviction within you. You say, you know, I'm going to come to church. How many of you know that while church is on lockdown, we took it for granted. You know, I just come to church. And all of a sudden, you know what, church is now open. You know, we, we're so grateful. How many know about what I'm saying? That we could come back to church. That's why it's so important. Hebrews 10 verse 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in a manner of some, but exhorting one another. One translation says, encouraging one another so much more as you did see the day approaching. You know, when we come to the Potter's House Church, we will get challenged, we get encouraged. God begins to deal with our minds. God begins to deal with our hearts. That's why when you miss church, how many know, you know what, you can get stale. When you miss church, you know what, your attitude begins to get stale. Your faith begins to get stale and you get moldy. There's a lot of moldy Christians. <laughs> I'm not talking about Maoris. <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm saying moldy, moldy, moldy Christians. And you know what? You can come to church and instead of getting moldy, you can get molded. Oh, come on. Yeah. You can get molded in the, <laughs> you can get molded in the hands of the potter. Come on. 
We could come in and say, you know what, God, you are the potter. I'm the clay. God, take my broken heart. God, take my broken marriage. God, take my broken life. And say, God, I want you to put it back together because you're the potter. Come on. Mold and shape my life. Mold me together, Jesus. When you come to church, you hear about Jesus and you hear the truth. And you know what's happening? Truth is beginning to set you free. John chapter 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. That's why when we come to church, it deals with our lives. It deals with some deep-rooted issues that we all face. And Jesus tells us, hey, listen, brother, this is going to be offenses, meaning you're going to be offended. This meaning, you know what, you're going to offend someone. And Jesus says, you need to forgive somebody. And abiding in the Word means, okay, that means I'm going to do it. It's not just in the Bible, oh, yeah, that's a nice little saying. Yeah, forgive you. Yeah, I'll pray for your enemies. Yeah, that's good for that guy. It's like, man, God's dealing with you. <laughs> And we hear these kind of preaching. It's like, oh man, it's dealing with me. Jesus said, whosoever looks at a woman with lust has committed adultery. Jesus says, whosoever hates a brother has committed murder. And we hear these sayings. It's like, oh yeah, oh man. Why is that? Because there's power in the word of God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Listen to this. For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. This is when the word gets preached. It gets into the very fiber of our being. And it's a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. It's talking about the Bible gives you clear direction to know what's right and wrong. It's, it's the dividing, this discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. God deals with us. He molds us. He shapes us when we hear the word. But the real question is this. What are you going to do about it? In other words... It's more than just hearing the sermon. It's what are you going to do after the sermon? Amen. We hear the word, oh, forgive them. Oh, but what are you going to do about it? We hear the word, repent from your sin. But oh, yeah, okay, what are you going to do about it? It's like I tell my kids all the time. Kids, get in your room and clean your room. And then all of a sudden they're playing over here. It's like, man, just went one ear, went out the other ear. It's like, kids, uh, how many times am I going to tell you? You know, I don't count to three. <laughs> One. It's like, no, no, no. Hey, listen, listen. <laughs> come here now. Come here. Come in. My mom say, hey, come over here now. She's, she's over there. <laughs> Mom's like, hey, yes, preach it. <laughs> you know, we tell our kids, and I, I call it the ear diarrhea, you know, straight through, bang. It's like, come on, you listening or what? Kids, they listen, but to obey is another thing, Amen. And it makes me wonder, it makes me think, you know, how does God feel? Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does God feel when he says, ah, oh, come on, brother, it's time to clean your act up. Oh, sister, it's time to get things in order. It's like, man, God's dealing, he's speaking to us personally. What are we going to do about it? James chapter 1 verse 22, but be doers of the word. Amen. That's what separates Christianity. Real Christians, real disciples, is to say, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to be doers of the word. Because in the last days, it says many, listen to this, it says many, you know what, they'll, they'll begin to have an outward appearance, having an outward facade, being religious, but inside denying its power. James 1 verse 22 through 25, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And so here it is, number one, Jesus is in the house preaching the word. People are hearing the word. Number two is what I want to talk about, and that's faith that tore the roof off. 
faith that tore the roof off. I want to encourage you today in your life. You got to exercise your faith. The word exercise simply means to use. I don't know about you, but man, this corona, this thing, you know what? Uh, everyone's on lockdown. I don't see anyone exercising. Me, myself, in personal. <laughs> it's like exercise. How many know when you don't exercise, you get slow, fat, lazy? Should I continue on? God help us that we don't become lazy Christians in our faith, that we never exercise faith. These four men got their friend right, and they were faced with these obstacles. They couldn't get through the crowd. That's obstacle number one. They couldn't get through the crowd. But yet, the uh, ingenuity of these men, faith that rose above their circumstance. You know what? If we can't get through on this level, you know what? We need to go higher. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to go higher. Come on. I'm telling you, you know what? You, maybe you've tried going through one way. Maybe you've tried going through another. Listen, it's time to go higher. Amen. I'm telling you, people will get in your way. Family might even get in your way from receiving your miracle. But listen, you got to go higher. It's time to mount up his wings as eagles. It's time to soar. Come on, it's time to rise above every situation. Say, you know what? Faith has uh, got to press through any obstacle. And here's what I got from this story. Number one, principle number one, there's power in agreement. There's power in agreement. You see, there is great power when your faith moves in agreement with the faith of others. Faith moves God to do miracles. These men... They would not ignore their hurting friend. They refused to leave him alone and helpless in the condition he was in. We're not told too much about these men that helped, except they were bold enough to climb onto another man's roof and make a hole in it. They would get together. Listen, they would get together. They would get their victory together. The power of agreement would multiply their ability to gain victory. It's the case of spiritual mathematics. Listen to Leviticus 26 verse 7. It says, you will chase your enemies. They shall fall by the sword before you. Five of you shall chase a hundred and a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight. Your enemies shall fall by the sword before you. For I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful, multiply you and confirm my covenant with you. And look in this story. They lowered the bed through the roof into the midst of the crowd. Here then in the midst of all these people lay this unfortunate man. Struck down with paralysis. He was without hope. But he had friends who put their faith and were determined to make a difference. He was not able to move from his bed. So his friends moved his bed to Jesus. They rose above the obstacles so they could lower him to Jesus. Did you get that? They rose above the obstacles so they could lower him to Jesus. You're here today because someone else brought you in. Someone else invited you to come. You're, you're here today because of a friend reached out to you and said, hey, come to church. They, they lift you up. They, they saw that you're in need. They saw that you had a broken heart. They saw that you had a broken marriage and say, hey, listen, why don't you come? I'll help you. Help you receive your miracle. Together, there's power in agreement. When you come together, when two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst of us. They got up. They had a friend to help them receive a miracle. And yet there's people in front of them. There's power and agreement. Here we go. Number two, obstacle number two is the roof. I want you to picture this here. They get up. They're up in the roof. And they're ready to lower their friend down. How are we going to get past this? How are we going to get through to Jesus? 
in my mind, I'm, I'm picturing Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible. Dun, 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 dun. I'm saying, oh yeah, maybe that, he comes down, this paralytic man comes down. Listen, this morning, the roof is a picture of something that is blocking your breakthrough. So they got up there and listened. They were like, oh yes, we're up here, praise the Lord. We got past obstacle one. We can't get through the people. We're up the top now and now there's a roof stopping. Have you ever been in life where you just kept hitting the ceiling? Have you ever been in life where you just like, man, I just can't seem to break through. Man, I'm doing this. I'm doing everything right. Man, my faith is, listen, there's something else that's stopping you from a miracle. The roof. What is the roof? It's something that's been set there for a long time. Maybe there's something set in your ways that's just like, oh, that's just who I am. Yeah, that's just who I am. Yeah, 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 because it's been set in your ways. You set that roof upon your heart. And you, you know what? What's stopping you from a miracle is you yourself. There's some things that you need to remove. Jesus said, if it caused you to sin, cut it off, pluck it out. I remember I'm receiving a call from Gary and Thelma. They were like, man, pastor, man, we want to get rid of this. Uh, we want to move on forward. I said, oh, what is it that you need to get rid of? They said, oh, we've got a crack pipe. Oh, yep, okay, yep. And they said, you know what? Yep, pastor, we want to get rid of it. You know what? That's a picture of someone removing the roof that says, you know what? I'm going to press through and receive my miracle. I'm going to take some of these things off that's holding me back. And I'm telling you, this is where your faith will get tested. And I want to encourage you today because it's faith that begins to tear the roof off. That you must say, you know what, God, I've had enough of my sin. God, I've had enough of things that it's blocking my breakthrough. It's time to do something, church. It's time to say, you know what, I'm going to give up alcohol. It's time to say, I'm going to give up and quit smoking because this is where your faith will get tested. It's time to tear the roof off. Do you have faith that tears the roof off this morning? It's time to remove the barriers. It's time to receive your breakthrough. Listen to verse, it says, And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when he had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Amen. I want to close with this. You know what? These men had an expectancy to hear Jesus say, Hey, be healed. But instead, Jesus addresses the real issue, and that's his sin. Jesus says, Man, your sins are forgiven you. Jesus knew that man's greatest burden is sin and it needs to be dealt with first because it affects all eternity. It affects your eternal destination. Some things never change with God. We come to Jesus, oh yes, Lord, remove the things from our lives. And Jesus says, hey, I'll do it if you remove it first. Come to me, draw to me and I'll draw near to you. We must allow Christ to deal with our sins before we can expect him to deal with our burdens. Someone once said, you have to get out of Egypt before God can take you to the promised land. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. That's talking about refreshment. That's saying, you know what? You've tried it in your strength. You tried it all before. But listen, when you come to Jesus Christ, he gives you true rest. You don't have to try and strive anymore. You don't have to try and do it all. Just come to Jesus. Wouldn't you have faith that tears the roof off? Jesus has the power to forgive you of your sins and heal you. Amen. What a promise that Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus, the resurrection and the life, Jesus, the great I am, says, you know what? I'm able to heal you. I'm able to forgive you. 
It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. Jesus is still the same and He loves you and He wants to forgive you. Verse 10 says this, But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he rose, took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all. So that all were amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. Amen. When we come to church and whenever we receive a miracle, we can't explain. It's like, man, I've never seen anything like it. I've experienced a miracle that took place. I've never seen anything like that. That's church and that's the way it should be. We came in one way, we left another way. Amen. We came in bound up, broken, shackled up, and then next minute, Jesus Christ heals us. He begins to forgive us, and we walk out a new man, a new woman. All because four men had faith that tore the roof off. Do you have faith like that this morning? I want to encourage you, exercise it today. Remove the roof off your life and say, Jesus, I'm coming in. Amen. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. It's time to tear the roof off. Hallelujah. Amen. You're here this morning as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. You're here today and you know your heart's not right with God. I want to ask you a question. Where will you spend eternity if you were to die today? Let that question resonate in your heart today. What happens if you were to die today in your sins? Will you make heaven your home? Jesus says these words. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Praise God. Yes, amen. But then he says another thing to these other people. He says, depart from me. I never knew you. Many will say, Lord, Lord, depart from me. You know, we can come to church and we're like, yeah, I know Jesus. I know Jesus. But the real question is, does he know you? Will he say, depart from me? Or will he say, enter into the joy? Where will you go if you were to die today? You know you're not right with God. You know you're, you haven't had your sins forgiven, but today is the day. You want to take the roof off today and say, yes, I want to come in. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, you raise your hand with mine all across this place. You raise your hand and say, yes, I want my sins forgiven. You be honest before the Lord. Say, yes, that's me. I want to be saved. I want my sins forgiven. I want my name written in the Lamb's book of life. I want to make heaven my home. Be honest, brother, sister. You're going to stand before God. Just you alone. Are you right with God today? If not, won't you raise your hand with mine and say, yes, pray for me. Maybe you're backslidden in your heart. You once had a relationship with Jesus, but you've gone back.